I'm glad you chose to join us today. The date is November 8th, the year 2020. The text I will be reading uh, from this morning will be found in Joshua chapter 24. The title for this morning's sermon is, Who Will You Serve? We have been traveling through time, pointing out with scripture the birth of this new nation, Israel. How God took one man, Abraham, and through the course of 470 years fulfilled all of his promises to him. The people of God have now, at this point in Scripture, received their inheritance. They crossed the Jordan River. They conquered the people of the land. And during the 40-year journey, they looked back at the wilderness, and they can say, our clothes did not wear out. It was a miracle. Adults wore the same clothes, including the same sandals, the whole time, because they did not wear out. The manna consistently fell until they were able to eat of the produce of the land, of their new homes, I should add. That's recorded in Joshua 5, uh, verse 12. It says, the manna stopped the day after they ate the, this food from the land. There was no longer any manna for the Israelites, but that year they ate of the produce of Canaan. The Israelites took over the land of the Canaanites. They lived in homes they did not build. They ate off the crops they did not plant. They enjoyed the vineyards and, and olive groves. They did not have to grow. And Now Joshua is old and is about to go the way of the land. <laughs> I've always joined, enjoyed how the Bible writes that about ready to die is about ready to go the way of the land. Before he goes, however, he gathers all the tribes of Israel, the elders, and gives them this message, which is our text today. So if you would follow along, Joshua chapter 24, I'll be reading verse 1. Then Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem. He summoned the elders, leaders, judges, and officials of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. Joshua said to all the people, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Long ago your forefathers, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the river, that's the Euphrates River, and worshipped other gods. But I took your father Abraham from the land beyond the river and led him through out Canaan and gave him many descendants. We are not going to read uh, Joshua 4 through 13, verses 4 through uh, 13. It's uh, the repeat of the history that we've been preaching from. But I will be picking it up in verse 14, where it says, so, so fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose the day whom you will serve. Would you prefer the God your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Ammonites, Amorites, in whose land you now live? And then these, one of the most, most quoted verses in the Bible. But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. The people replied, 
We would never abandon the Lord and serve other gods. For the Lord our God is the one who rescued us and our ancestors from slavery in the land of Egypt. He performed many miracles before our very eyes as we traveled through the wilderness among our enemies. He preserved us. It was the Lord who drove out the Amorites of the other and the other nations living here in the land. So we too will serve the Lord, for he alone is our God. Then Joshua warned the people, You are not able to serve the Lord, for he is a holy and jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you abandon the Lord and serve other gods, he will turn against you and destroy you, even though he has been so good to you. But the people answered Joshua, No, we will serve the Lord. You are a witness to your own decision, Joshua said. You have chosen to serve the Lord. Yes, they replied, we are witnesses to what we have said. All right then, Joshua said, destroy the idols among you and turn your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. The people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God. We will obey him alone. The reading of God's word. Will you bow your heads with me, please? Dear Heavenly Father, this is a passage that uh, challenges the people who have a tendency to be up and down with you. Uh, one moment when they're in trouble, they're turning to you, and when everything is going good, they revert back to their old ways. Father, that could be said of us. When will God be enough for the people of Israel, but more importantly, today, enough for us? We have Jesus Christ and his spirit to help us along the way. But like Joshua, may we say, as for me and my family, we will serve God wholeheartedly. May it be so. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the hardest things of all the earth is to do what Joshua had to do. After one has done everything he knows to train up the next generation to serve God, and now having to release them to make their own decisions. History tells us that the Israelite nation would be on this up and down roller coaster ride following God, trusting God and then reverting back to their old habits of turning to foreign gods. In their lives, in their lives, when will God be enough where they wouldn't have to turn to anything else? That same question should be asked of ourselves. Today, when will God be enough for you today? Even though God, Moses, and now Joshua, Joshua had done everything to help the Israelites to be successful, they faltered. The reality is, the children of Israel, this, this new nation, not all of the tribes were able to defeat those who lived in the land. 
They procrastinated to the point where they grew tired, lost heart, and then begun to, begun to accept uh, the outcome of their situation. They must now coexist with the ones they were supposed to drive out. They justified their inability to act on faith, that God would go before them and totally conquer the people as a result. They were left, those that were left became a thorn, a thorn in their flesh and eventually their downfall. Sin left alone will cause your downfall. Everyone of this generation experienced the hand of God, and yet some did not have the follow-through or enough faith in God's ability to finish the course. Are we any different today? Maintaining a fervent relationship with our Lord and Savior is a constant battle. Ephesians 6.12 tells us our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Keeping a right relationship with God is a battle of our soul. We have to work on keeping a close connection with our God. Joshua was concerned for his people, and history tells us he had a good reason to. Joshua is about to go the way of the earth, and he wants them to follow and continue in the faith. But with all of the training and examples given, their faith did not continue. We find this in Judges 2, 10, after that generation died. Another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things he had done for Israel. The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. They abandoned the Lord, the God of their ancestors, who had brought them out of Egypt. They went after other gods, worshiping the gods of the people around them, and they angered the Lord. <laughs> that didn't take long, did it? One generation. Isn't that our greatest fear? The following generation behind us does not follow Jesus. What could Joshua do differently than he has already done? What can we do differently than we have already done? It's kind of like raising your family in church and there comes a time when you have to release them to make their own choice to live for God where they become responsible for their own actions i remember uh, when we were first married kathy and i we prayed uh, before every god gave us a child we we, we were in prayer for uh, our family before we even had a family we realized that every one of our children was a great blessing and a, and a great gift from God. I remember one time we were praying and I remember opening one eye to look at Kathy as I heard her prayer. Lord, if they choose not to serve you, do not let them be born. Take them out. <laughs> 
to us, that is how important it was, and it still is today. Our goal has always been to raise them by example and teaching that they were to accept Jesus and serve God. The thought scares me to realize we are always one generation away from paganism. Moses and Joshua did everything God asked them to do to prepare the children of Israel, and yet history tells us that they fell away to serve other gods. What did they do wrong? It all comes down to the next generation internalizing their own faith and develop a walk with God. When they realize for themselves that God is enough. Before Joshua and God, every Israelite declared their allegiance to God. And yet, in one generation, they fall away. Today, many of us, for many of us, the jury is still out on our own children. I get that. But what makes us different than those who have gone before us? And what are we accountable for? First of all, it's paramount that as individuals, we have a right relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Our life is right. It is our personal responsibility to maintain that connection uh, however best works for us. And to realize it is a full-time job and it will take time, energy, and commitment. Secondly, after we have done everything we know to do, know that the next generation must establish their own relationship with God through Jesus Christ. We must be able excuse me, we must be available to, the, to that generation for guidance and support. But it's up to them to obtain and maintain their own vertical relationship with God. That is why it is said God does not have grandchildren. He doesn't have grandchildren. He only has children. We need to be able to say with Joshua, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Is God enough for you today? Are you allowing Jesus to be your all in all today? If not, If not, you need to make a change. You need to start with me as an individual, you, and make a right connection with God. Forgiveness, commitment. It's a constant chore, a constant battle, but one that's worth it. William Sherwin uh, wrote this poem. Sound the battle cry. See the foe is nigh. Raise the standard high for the Lord. 
Gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest your cause upon his holy word. Strong to meet the foe, marching on we go. While we cause, while our cause we know must prevail. Shield and banner bright, gleaming in the light, battle for the right will never can fail. O thou God of all, hear us when we call. Help us one and all by thy grace. When the battle's done and the victory's won, may we wear the crown before thy face. Rouse then, soldiers, rally around the banner. Ready, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throng. Bow your heads with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, <laughs> Lord, we have to realize that you are our all. We find everything for life through you and through the lens of Jesus Christ. Where, uh, but seek first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness becomes a lifestyle and you become enough where we don't have to seek out anything else. Because truly, Heavenly Father, you are our God, the supplier of our needs. And we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You don't want to miss next week. I will finish this series. And I wanted to take a biblical look at what it means of, of being aliens and, and immigration. I wanted to do that through a, a biblical perspective. So you will not want to miss it. Until next week, God bless you.